Greetings and welcome to another edition of Trinity Radio. I'm Jonathan Pritchett and along with me is Braxton Hunter. And today we're going to talk about black magic and Calvinism. We're forgiven, we're shown mercy and grace, and our punishments probably aren't as harsh as they should be, even within this lifespan. Do skeptics bring objections to the case? Of course they do. What's going on with you today? <laughs> they just don't like it. They don't like it that God is just and he has every right as creator to do what he will. God is the best explanation for the beginning of the universe. Of now y'all having to look at our faces, which for that I apologize. Well, here we are again, another day, another v-neck, and we are ready to talk about why in the world it is that anytime I put the word Calvinism in a title for anything, it blows up. Yeah. Um, now we know basically why. By the way, first of all, thank you to our patrons. Here's the yeah. patron card. These are all our patrons. Um, we thank God for them. If you'd like to be a supporter of the show, we really appreciate it. We've seen people saved through the show. We've seen people come to school and get an education, surrender to the ministry uh, because of this show. And so we, uh, we'd love for you to support us. You can uh, support Trinity Radio by clicking here. And uh, you don't see it yet, but if you hover over your screen, you will see it. Just hover there for a second. There it is. And click that. Go ahead and click it right now. We'll wait. But um, uh, we appreciate that so much. Also, in we don't make any money off of this, but the school makes a couple of dollars per sale if you get a Trinity Radio t-shirt. And you can get a Trinity Radio t-shirt. This is the first episode where they've been available in men's and women's multiple colors. Uh, and you can get them in normal collar type, or you can get them in the more authentic Trinity Radio V-neck. No, and, just the more and, Braxton and, Hunterish. And you and you can. I don't get, wear V-neck T-shirts. And you can get that. It'd be an improvement. And you can get that Maybe. by going to cafepress.com/trinitygiftshop. Uh, uh, cafepress.com/trinitygiftshop. Uh, Trinity Gift Shop and get your branded Trinity Radio logo shirt or get a Trinity Seminary shirt. We don't care. Yeah. Um, or just go to trinitysem.edu and sign up for classes. Nevertheless, <laughs> here we are and we're ready to talk about this thing because here's, here's, here's the, what irritates us. We think it's great that people like to talk about theology. We, I've said before, if I could push a button and there'd be no more Calvinists in the world, I would not push that button. Uh, and I don't mean by there'd be no more Calvinists, like they'd all die. I mean, <laughs> like all their beliefs would change. I still wouldn't push that button in either case. And the reason I wouldn't push the button is because this is an important discussion for coffee shops to stay in business near seminary campuses. Right. And it's fun to talk about. I enjoy this. I enjoy the field of study. I'm, I'm baffled that these people believe as they do, and they're baffled that I believe as I do. And so it makes for great discussion. The problem is, it is bizarre to us, to me, you can speak for yourself, that you can do a show on people that don't believe in God, like atheism or Mormonism. Calvinism ain't as weird as Mormonism uh, or Jehovah's Witness stuff or Scientology or whatever, or Hindus. We've done all that stuff. And you know what? They do good. We've got a good audience. We've got a good audience base. We're not saying that. But and we appreciate you. We do one episode on Calvinism and you get more views in a day than all of that other stuff will do in a week or two. 
Yeah, it's, and, and it's, it's shocking. I, don't, I, don't, I understand that it is a popular issue. I understand that um, the people are interested. I understand that our, our fan base is interested in it. Uh, obviously, some people have discovered us through our debating this issue. Yeah. But that's not all that we do. And that's not all that we're going to do or that we want to do. And it's just confusing to us that I, we had this conversation in private last night just being baffled over this. And there is a certain temptation to say, yeah, we do want that light, Leighton Flowers viewership, you know? Yeah. And we could just go do this all day, but we're not going to. Um, but I do understand why people are interested. And, and like we've told the people, we will talk about it. We are sure. interested in it, but it's not going to be the main focus of our show. Well, you bring up a really good yeah. point, and that's this. Well, first of all, you, you guys just watched this video. This video won't be a very long video, and uh, yet this video will get huge hits, I think. If not, like, the, if not the video, the audio. And I'll tell you why, is because I'll put something about Calvinism in the, in the title. Right. Even though we're not going to talk about anything wrong with Calvinism, we're talking about this issue. But you make a good point, which is to say that a lot of the people that listen to this show found us either because of our debates on Calvinism or because of... They found us through Leighton Flowers, and of course that's that audience is going to be very interested in Calvinism. Um, and so we're a part of a little Facebook world that has Calvinists and non-Calvinists in it. That That's what the, the commonality is. Everybody loves talking about Calvinism. Well, yeah, and I, I think that in evangelicalism in general, and now that it's conference season and the big cash grab from all the Calvinist people, this is their, this is their where they pad their bank accounts. And so, well, no, I'm sorry. It, it, I would speak at our guys do the same thing. Right? Well, yeah, for less money. But, but, but I, do I begrudge them that? No, we're capitalists here. Um, but this is conference season, and so if there wasn't already an absurdly ridiculous publishing glut of Calvinist books that are terribly written for the most part, they just keep dumping them because they sell. Mm -hmm. um, I, I tell people all the time because we try to foster reading at Trinity Radio in in our in our group yeah. we we see people we are all solid dedicated readers if you if you want to see publishing match that you need to go buy the books from uh the non-reformed scholars because if they sell people will buy them um so i think right now because here's why Leighton Flowers is so popular uh and i've, I've there's nothing i haven't said anywhere and James else. White well, no, but, like but well, it's because... No, I'm not talking about James oh, You're White. talking about non-Calvinists. Non Here's why they're so popular. Because you have so many James Whites. Because you have so many Al Mollers. You have so many Vody Bachmans. And you have so many Paul Washers. And it's just content, 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 whether it's books, social media, or conferences. For non-Calvinists to find anything... And I'm sorry, but non-Calvinists are generally lazy. Period. I'm going to, we picked on some Calvinists yesterday. I'm going to pick on some non-Calvinists. Have at it, man. Okay, look, I love Brian Abbasiano. Great guy. He writes a blog every now and then. It, and people will read it. And people like James White will respond to it. Uh, he, why he doesn't have a YouTube channel, I don't know. David Allen, Adam Harwood, they'll publish journals every now and then, an article on something related to the issue. But do they do they go out and, and David Allen wrote a massive book on the atonement, but for most people I think a eight hundred page book is going to be like mm, 
Well, you okay. know, and so so because the non-Calvinists are kind of lazy in that they don't produce content to the same degree, non-Calvinists will go to everything that they can find that supports their view because they're getting inundated constantly from the glut. Okay, hold on. Wait, you, your point's been made. So, are you equating laziness with the lack of producing books? Because right, the, our audience has our audience has been yeah wanting no, you I, to produce I, no, a book I said, for ages. No, I, no, I did not do that because I said these guys, Alan Harwood, yeah, they yeah. produce books. Yeah, but when someone looks at an eight hundred page book, what they would rather do is watch a video for forty five minutes on somebody explaining the atonement or whatever. Okay, so, so you're, it's it's la- it's not laziness. It's it's a lack of interest in uh, energizing or, or in, uh, informing social media type people. I mean, that's really what it is. It's it's they're not on the internet doing this kind of stuff like Leighton or James White or other people are. Right, right but I do think it is a, a, a little bit... Uh, I, I, the reason why I use the word lazy is because if you and I can do this, anyone can do it. And I'm convinced that none of these people I'm talking about as much as... And I, I love all of them. None of them are busier than us. Well, these guys so, do so, have so these guys do is, have book deals with major publishers. Right, like Harwood, for example. I just read. Uh, by the way, if you ever see this, Adam Harwood, I just read your book on uh, that you edited yes. on children and infants in the church. It's fantastic. I, I put it up there. I put it above the counterpoints books I've read. But uh, but these guys are constantly working on something in, in right. addition to teaching. Right. I think you're hitting on something that maybe there's laziness, or maybe it's just they don't see the value in doing what Leighton does. Well, here's the thing. There's value in it because, number one, to continue to get those things, people need to buy those books and be aware of them. Uh, You know, and and that way they can keep publishing them. Uh, But doing things like this has not hurt your book sales. Oh, no. I've I've sold more books because of it. Right. You've probably sold more books than some of those scholars have. And, And the reason for that is is I, I have constantly banged this drum. I, I know because they tell me how many copies they sell, and I'm like, wow, you know, Braxton Hunter sold three times. Harold Hunter sold a gazillion times more than yeah. that. And his books are 30 years old, you know, and they're still moving off the shelf. Uh, so, so here's the thing. The reason why, and, and th- th- this is not my throwing down the gauntlet and saying you guys need to do more video content or podcasting, but it's not the worst idea in the world because... It gets, if you want to have the argument, you've got to, you know, you've got people out there who want to hear it, obviously, because if we mention it being non-Calvinist, we, we blow up. Uh, tons, it's tons black magic. Yeah, it's black magic. People want it. By the way, I've got a video will be linked in the description on black magic, short uh, topical yeah. video. So my challenge to, to the non-Calvinist is, there, if you care about this issue, and this is something that you spend a lot of time on, and let's face it, these traditionalists and Arminians spend a lot of time on it. The Society of Evangelical Arminians, Connect 316. But look, you produce a blog every now and then. That's not going to do it. There are people out there who want instruction. They want solid content. They want more depth. And until you ever do have the conferences and get to there, you're never going to get anywhere until you get off writing a blog. But here's, and that's all that these but, non-Calvinists do at best. Uh is write a blog every now and then. But, or, but, or, but, here's, but that's not or, really the point. No. The point is, why? Why should they write a, do a video? Why should they write books on this? Why? It, why like, why? We know that the Calvinists are very interested in this, and that's partly because for a while, at least in 
some evangelical circles that Calvinism has been considered, you know, passe, although not anymore, it's the other way now, but has been considered not, uh, you know, it's been in our favor for, for, you know, a few decades in terms of the people in the pews. So they had a reason to want to really get the message out there. Right. And maybe now it's the other way around. But, but, but the point we're asking with this is, what, like, why? Like, why? Like, here's what I'm saying. I think you need a Leighton Flowers. I think you need a guy like Leighton Flowers. I think you need some of these other Calvinist voices too. Because this is an issue, and it is interesting, and people want to hear about it. Yeah. I'll listen to that podcast because this is something that's interest me, interested me. But, uh, so so I'm not taking anything away from Leighton. Leighton should do what Leighton's doing because there needs to be someone doing that. Just like there needs to be someone whose thing is eschatology or someone whose thing is the charismatic sign gifts or whatever. There, there need to be these these voices out there, but but why is it so big? As it, why is it such an issue? I mean, I know why, and here's my theory, and I think everyone will agree with me. In fact, put why you think it's a big issue. This is, don't don't go in there slaying Calvinists and non-Calvinists. Just in the comments of the YouTube of the YouTube video, tell us why why you think it's a big deal. Here's my theory. My theory is it's a big deal because take two Southern Baptists, okay. Take me and one other guy. I know we always talk about Southern Baptists. It's because we both come out of Southern Baptist backgrounds. And so you get you get two Southern Baptists. They're raised pretty well the same. Let's even say both of them pastors' sons. Both of them, their pastor dads, preach almost identically the same things. They go to the same camps. They go to the same conferences. They read the same books. They go to the same seminary. In the end, person A becomes a non-Calvinist, and everybody nobody's surprised. Person B becomes a Calvinist, and it's like, where did this happen? And the reason it's so shocking is because to person A, person B was with him all this way. It's been, it's been side by side. Everything's the same. And then on this issue, which has a lot to do with the nature and character of God, goes off in this direction. Or person A, if you're a Calvinist, goes off in that direction. And it's like, number one, how did this happen? And it's so big in terms of what it says about how God operates in Scripture and all that, that it's shocking to both sides that the other side believes as they do. Uh, I admit, I have no problem saying it is shocking to me. I love Calvinists. I say all the caveats. I love them. I don't think they don't love God. I think they love God as much as I love God. I think they're evangelistic like I'm evangelistic, all that stuff. But I will say it is shocking to me that they come to the conclusion that they do I don't understand how they come. Like, it is shocking to me. My view is shocking to them because they're like, look, Ephesians 1, get around that, dude. You know, and, and I get I get that, but I think that's what it is. I think that it, what it says about the nature of God and from their perspective, the nature of man is so shocking. And from our perspective, what they say about God is shocking that that's what it is. But, so that's my theory. But after dealing with this for most of my thinking life now, and being aware of it, and especially for the past five or six years, being really interested in it and studying it to the depth and having debates and all that, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know what else I have much else to say about this. Well, you know? Leighton does, and yeah. good on him, but I don't well, know what I have to but say. But Leighton will always have something to say about it because they always produce so much content, and Leighton's one of the only few people out there responding, which goes back to my earlier point. I'm going by what they say. Okay. I listen to the Rick Patricks of the world and the Society of Evangelical uh, Armenians. Of the, I, I listen to what they say, and they're like, 
well, you know, they have so much, and we've got to get get our stuff out there. We got to get out there. Well, you're not getting your stuff out there. Why aren't Why aren't you getting your stuff out there? There are people that clearly, Layton Flowers exists and has the popularity he has for a reason. Clearly, mm-hmm. they they want more of it, and he has to drag those guys onto his show. From he's had Brian Abbasiano on his show. Uh, he's probably going to get some of the other guys on his show. He's had this. Southern Baptist on show. He gets Michael Brown on show. He's not just staying in the Southern Baptist bubble. And good, good for you, Leighton. Don't do that. Um, so he's bringing them onto his show, but they should be doing their own stuff. They really should because if they're really concerned about Calvinism, like they claim to be, they claim there's too much publishing. They claim the conferences and even their denominational meetings and stuff is too much stacked. With Calvinism, the entity leaders are stacked too much with Calvinism and proportional. This is their argument, and I look at it and I'm saying, "Yeah, but what are you doing?" You know, and I don't see them doing much when it's not hard to do. Um, and that's why I think Leighton Flowers, I, I Leighton Flowers is basically, and then the Synergist podcast they they started up, but there's just so few pockets that the reason why that's the only thing they talk about is because no one else is talking about it at that level. Uh, I'm not saying why does Leighton talk about it so much. I'm saying Leighton should go ahead and talk about it. No, I know. But I'm just saying the reason why he's so popular uh, is because he's he's one of the few. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so I I have always said, I've said it in Trinity Forum, our primetime discussion thing. I think some of these non-Calvinist organizations, the reason why I use the word lazy is because they want to see more, but yet they don't do more. Yeah. And, and, Every generation has the issue that's going to be the big subject. 25, 30 years ago, it was eschatology. That yeah. was everyone. Nobody, if you're a Calvinist um, or non-Calvinist, it didn't matter. John MacArthur would lock hands with whoever believed in dispensation. You know, your dad, people like your dad, people like, they, they, they wouldn't, Calvinism wasn't the thing they talked about. Countering different views of prophecy and different, uh, you know, Biblical theology of dispensationalism covenant. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. And then people got, uh, and then something comes wrong, a cultural phenomenon like left behind comes along and kills it for everybody. So this is just our thing, yeah. get used to it. So so what we need now is a new, a fictional uh, <laughs> storybook uh, written by Tim LaHaye, or not Tim LaHaye, but uh, Jerry B. Jenkins and Al Mohler need to get together and write the story, a, a series of novels about the Calvinist, and then it'll go away. That's, that's what we need. Well, okay. Now, let me let me say, though, let's have some direction with this show. Okay. You're saying the reason people feed on this so much, and when we put something out of it, uh, people, people are going to listen to it, is because they... Uh, there's nowhere else. So when it pops up, oh, give me that. I want that. Because this is something that interests you. Okay, gotcha. Um, But the question really is, okay, see, when we created Trinity Commission, when we decided to try to partner with other podcasts with, and these are all professors or students at Trinity, um, when we partnered, we, I had a goal in mind. I don't know what you were thinking. I had a goal in mind. I do what you tell me. These are my (laughs) friends too. But on top of that, I I like someone talking about soteriology and and I'd like someone talking about soteriology from the other perspective. And if there are so many people out there just itching to talk about Calvinism and there's too much publishing and blah, 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 then some Trinity connected person would do a, would do a, a, a Calvinist 
Soteriology 101 for me because that's what I'm asking for because I want there to be a balance there. And but, we did ask Calvinists to participate in the and, and no and nobody will. And so we've they're said lazy that too. We, but we've said that before. So so we wanted a soteriology thing, uh, uh, or a, you could say a theology thing, a soteriology thing. We wanted a Bible. I want people to learn the Bible. Anyone who looks at our YouTube channel, I've got two lectures I give on Bible, Bible, Bible. I'm convicted and bothered that we, uh, we, we don't focus on that enough, and we think we do, but we don't. Go watch my Grids video. Uh, go watch um, The Acceptable Obsession. It's a sermon I preached on this issue that's important to me. And so we got Steve Gregg, and we got the Bible Brodown guys as far as Bible goes. Learn the Bible. But then you also need something else. You need evangelism and apologetics. That's us. We do evangelism and apologetics. Now, listen to me, because I don't want to lose you, because we're not deep into the show, although we're about to shut it down. But I want, to, I want you to get me, I want you to hear this, you that are here that aren't usually here, okay? That's your business. You don't have to come listen to us every week. But here's what I am telling you. We, when we do a show on atheism, or when we do a show on Mormonism or Hinduism or whatever, or even weird cults, because there are currently people in those weird cults. We go put those things where they go in other videos, and people hear the gospel uh, through our show. Now, if now I think you should listen to Soteriology 101 and get the, the theology and the, and the soteriology. I think you should listen to the Bible stuff like Steve Gregg and the Bible Renown guys. In fact, that's why we're lopsided in the amount that we have there with two podcasts. But with us, you need this. You need to not deny yourself, even if it's not your little fascination. I, you know what? I force myself to listen to podcasts that, I, that aren't really my thing because I want to learn. And that's what we want you to do because, honestly, folks, when I get around William Lane Craig and Mike, uh, Mike Lycona and Sean McDowell and, and like when we were on the trip last, last year, they, they refuse to debate any other issue except God's existence or the resurrection or something like that. And there's a reason, because those people are dying and going to hell. Calvinists are not dying and going to hell, despite the fact there's three or four, I'll just say it, weirdos floating around in our little sphere on Facebook who think that they are. They're not going to hell. And non-Calvinists are not going to hell. At least so, not for their Calvinists. Right. No, well, yeah, okay. There are Calvinists who are lost, and there are non-Calvinists who are lost. But right. I think people know what I mean. Right. And if you were going to give me a hard time about that, shame on you. You're the problem with the internet. And so... Yeah, I, like me. <laughs> so, yeah, you, well, you're correcting it so that weirdos don't. No, but but, but, but that's, that's my plea to you. We're actually shocked and fascinated at the growth of our show, right? I mean, we're yeah. happy with the listeners we got. It's not, that's not what this is. I mean, the, what this is is... Uh, I'm worried for evangelicalism that we are so distracted by this issue. Again, I want you to listen to it and learn from it, but it, it doesn't need to be there, all you think about. There's a history to this. I remember people, when you ask the question, what happened to fundamentalism? Fundamentalism preceded evangelicalism. What happened to fundamentalism? It became about infighting on secondary tertiary issues. Okay? And so... And it was about, and it became cultural uh, withdrawal instead of cultural engagement. What have we done in evangelicalism? Well, um, evangelicalists have now, I mean, the Zondervan Counterpoint series stands as a testament of evangelicals fussing over secondary issues, more so than fundamentalists ever did, okay? So it's infighting, and is it cultural engagement or cultural withdrawal? Well, someone can make the argument that it's simultaneously worse than fundamentalism. You have cultural engagement through capitulation to culture, and you have cultural withdrawal. So evangelicalism is altogether worse than fundamentalism ever was, but it's still the same thing, and it's collapsing at the seams. And for some of us who are not evangelicals, really, it's... He's an evangelical. 
I'm, he's a self-loathing evangelical, no, even, just like he's a self-loathing Molinist. No, we've got our own thing. You cannot. I, I agree with everything that Al Mohler defines as an evangelical, and that's not me. So um, evangelicalism is crumbling right now for the same reason that fundamentalism crumbled. And it's because things like this, we get preoccupied with so many different internal debates, um, and people become obsessed with this. That evangelism. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, yeah. What you're saying right now, you get 100% A plus from me. Because, it, it look, it what it has been for a long, what I heard when I was an evangelist all the time is, well, okay, seeing people get saved and making a bunch of baby Christians, that's important. Evangelism is important. But what about discipleship? What about discipleship? And one thing I love about the Bible Brodown guys is they'll say, uh, quit dividing those two things into two separate things. You should be evangelizing people, and along with that comes discipleship, and it's all wrapped up in one thing in in the Great Commission, you know? And so, I, we obviously, on this show, we have a in progress first Peter study and we have a almost done Genesis series because we want the discipleship there too and we have preaching and all that stuff but the evangelism is so important and you need to know how to engage with these unbelievers yeah you want to talk about discipleship somebody the guy that got saved here recently through watching our show yeah another oh that's great our, talk right. about that yeah another viewer of our show is a pastor who discovered that he lived 30 minutes away from this guy and reached out to him to make sure that the discipleship happens. Because for people who follow us, we don't separate evangelism from discipleship. Yeah. Um, you're an evangelist. You go to church to church to church, and your job is to preach the gospel and, and have the harvest. But you have this whole—I've seen it. It's like this elaborate deal that they that, that Trinity Crusades has that they forward to every church. That that if they don't know how to do it already, you you tell them this is what you do the day for leading up to my coming and this is what you do after I'm gone. You know, you bring me in to, to do the revival, but this is what needs to happen beforehand. Yeah, and it's a partnership between evangelists right. and church and, pastors, right? And, and so that's always because the knock is, well, these evangelists, they just want to see raised hands and collect a check and go. Yeah, that's and the, you know what? And this is important to say, yeah. I have never there might be once or twice in the twelve years I was in full time evangelism I have never reported numbers. They always say, you evangelists want numbers so you can put it in your newsletter and get people to give money. No, no. First of all, we're not begging people for money in our newsletter. And second, I don't report those numbers. You know I have reported his numbers before, but you, you he know, hasn't reported you, you know why those I've numbers I've been like, are, dang, did you know that a bunch of people got saved it last week? Well, but, well, but you don't do In that. my head, I want to know what yeah. the numbers are because I want to, I want to, I, well, because I want to, because this, I'm my own worst enemy, and I want to know, is God still using me like he was 10 years ago or right. something? But the, the thing is, I do count the numbers. We, we count souls because souls count, right? But <laughs> the thing about it is, I don't report those because it, it, I'm not trying to use that to manipulate people to support or something like right. that. Right, you get, you get you know? called back because of... In fact, the most I've done of that is on this show where I've said, look, yeah. we've had people saved lately. Give us money. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing with Trinity. But I've never done that before. Trinity Crusades goes to churches big and small. Yeah. It doesn't matter. If you pay you to get there, take up a love offering, you're good. You know, mm -hmm. just pay for my gas. It's yeah, don't ask any right. amount to come. By the way, that's a good thing. I wanted to say it on a recent show. Yeah. Either of us will come to your church or your uh, association or your whatever um, and and speak on whatever topic you want us to talk about that's you know that we're that's relevant for us to talk about and uh, and we'll do that and we don't charge you a dime for us to come all we ask 
is that you take up a love offering or, or, or you decide, you know, whatever, cover our expenses. Okay. If you cover our expenses, we'll come to your church or group right. or whatever. And, 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 but and I don't care if it's 30 people. Listen, I'm serious about this. I, I was booked from the beginning of summer to the end of December in 2014 with only two weeks off. And that was Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then in 2015, when I became president at Trinity, uh, a lot of that went away. And I understand why. People tell me now, like, I didn't know you were still willing to go speak. Yes, I am. And guess what? He is too. We're willing to still go speak. If you want us to come, we don't worry about the size of the crowd. We don't worry about the money. We just love going out. We're going here to Sarasota, Florida. I mean, of course, that's pretty nice. With uh, me and, and, and Jonathan and, and the guy asked me to get Leighton to go, and we're going to go, and we're going to do a, a thing down there in Sarasota. So we still do that. So if you want that, uh, contact us. Uh, by calling our seminary. Yeah, but my, my point is about evangelism and the knock. What about discipleship, discipleship, discipleship? Um, most evangelists I know, uh, which is limited to you guys and uh, a guy named Johnny Tucker that, that was uh, visited, uh, frequented, he was actually a missionary, but he also did evangelism and frequented in a church I grew up in. And so I, I know some evangelists, not many, but I've never known this idea of discipleship never happening after. Maybe I was just fortunate enough to be in a good church. But I've never seen this where people raise their hand and you never hear from them again. Now, maybe at Billy Graham Crusades, that did happen. But at the level I'm talking about, you know, normal 200, 250-member Baptist churches— when people get saved and the evangelist is gone, the church is still there. The church is supposed and to disciple. Church, yeah, and the church typically does. Yeah, and and they open, you know, they open their hearts to these people who who come to know the Lord. You know, the, a friend brought them to to hear the evangelist. Uh, the pastor brings them into this home, and I mean, it's just I've I've never witnessed this phenomenon that's apparently has destroyed evangelism in America, where well, churches are so evil. That somebody gets saved in their church and they boot them out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I have well, not sure boot them out. Have. I mean, I know of churches. It's a thing that churches yeah. drop the ball on follow up and stuff like that. But it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. And it, it's not been that way with the churches I've worked with. And it's just like you say. You have a a document that we and we talk it through with pastors and we try to make sure they know what we think ought to happen. And but ultimately, after we leave, I mean. That, that's their business, but the guys we work with are good about that. Right. Anyway, then we need to have Leighton on sometime, and he can tell us why he thinks. Now, let me be clear about what I'm saying here, what, what I think about this. I'm fascinated by Calvinism. I'll always study it. I'll always be interested in it. And I think there needs to be shows like Soteriology 101 because weekly— I, I scratch that itch, you know. I, yeah. I get to think about Calvinism. And there's and so much Calvinism out there that somebody's got to Yeah, and I, and I listen to other Cal. I mean, you talk about us being readers. I'm on my 27th book, I think, 26, 27th, for the year so far, and I've read everything from Al Mohler to Jer Jerry Walls. So, <laughs> you know, so uh, I'm interested in both sides of this issue, but please don't just be interested in this issue. Be, be comprehensive. And I know you're going to say, well, I am, I am. But really, like, don't lie to yourself. Look inside your soul and ask it. I don't know who you are, so I, it's, this is something you need to do. Yeah, what are you reading? Look, and Calvinist, too. What are you reading, and are you just reading in your echo chambers? That's another thing, yeah. you know.
that you need to avoid. All right, so we uh, we won't do too much on this because this is a little, uh, bon it's not a bonus episode, but it's like a little. So we're sorry we were lazy yeah. last week. Yeah, See, right, I call right. us lazy too. Yeah, we were. We, last week we were, we were lazy. Well, no, we weren't. I was. I had laryngitis, and you know what Billy Wendell had said? I went to the doctor because I had to speak the next weekend. Billy Wendell had said, what's wrong with you? You, What are you, some kind of, I don't know what he called me, but he indicated that I was a sissy. And I was like, he's like, just rub some dirt on it. And then he said, <laughs> rub some dirt on your larynx. <laughs> That's my favorite well, Billy Wendell quote with him because if you couldn't talk so much then I get to carry the show and oh yeah yeah I'm I would have been fine with that I'm teasing I would have no, been fine with that we were lazy and each look if he says I'm sick great I get to stay in my office and, and work so you know it's it's fine it's it is lazy so uh but please do uh join us for classes at trinitysim.edu we'd love to have you really it doesn't cost as much as you think it is you you'll, you'll be amazed at how you can go here this is a school where we guarantee you will finish if you do what we say you will finish your program with no debt tell me another school like that there aren't many yeah. and we do that without uh without you having to hunt all over for weird scholarships so yeah. call us today do you know the number off the top of your head 812-853-6000, something like that. I don't know. No. Go to Trinity Sim. Uh, 5100, 453, 812. Look, go to trinitysem.edu and click the phone number <laughs> that, that the people in administration don't know what it is. And go and go and contact us today. Or if you go to the website on your phone, you can just click it right there and call us. And uh, Or just fill out an eval. It's just a little like your name and that's email just, address. But that's not a testament about us. Okay, how often do you call your... If, when I call our work, I go to the website and I do exactly what you said. When I need to call the office... I have it saved in my phone, but yeah. No, I just go and do exactly what you said on the phone. Click I don't call. even know my... my my beautiful wife is what it says. I push that button. I have no clue what her phone number is. Really? Yeah. Well, anyway. I know uh, what my beautiful wife Check is, out Soteriology 101. Yeah. Layton, we're not against you here, man. Check out Soteriology 101 and listen to that why regularly. Would, why would you say that? But because I'm afraid it will sound like we're saying, this issue is not important. Don't listen. No. I don't want that to be the message. I'm fascinated by this issue. Listen to it. But no, I, I'm the one who's... I'm the, I'm the this one. was your idea, this well, show. Well, yeah, last <laughs> night I was thinking, man, you know, I do want to cast some spells with that black magic. And you're like, we can't do it. But you have to admit the temptation is real. Oh, yeah. And I was probably more tempted by the dark side than you because I'm like, yeah. And Leighton Flowers looks like he's having a lot of fun with his 7,000 subscribers and all this, you know, so. Well, I, I was thinking if I wasn't president of Trinity. so fleshy. If I wasn't president of Trinity, would I do it more? And I thought about that, and I thought, no, because that's not really the reason. It's not right, you're an apologist and evangelist. Right. You're not. Let's let's right. talk about Calvinism all the time. Right. Because it, it, it is interesting that you got roped into two debates on that issue when you were like, I really want to be debating And you know I've turned yeah. down debates on that since because I'm Right, like, that's how I ended up in one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, uh, we've already said everything. Go, the rest of the Trinity Commission guy, you know who they are. Steve, Billy, Matt, Clayton. Uh, and see us next time on Trinity Radio when we're going to talk about Scientology. Uh, there really are Scientologists still, okay? Chill out. All right. Uh, that's it today for Trinity Radio. Thank you.